Welcome to the Honey Creative Podcast. I recently got to sit down with a super creative friend named Jeff Marsh and talk to him about life, work, and his journey with depression and the steps that he's taking to be healthy and whole. I know that mental health can be an uncomfortable conversation for some, but I think that's why it's that much more important to address it. This is such an important and impactful conversation that I ended up having to split it into two episodes. I pray that you will be encouraged and challenged as you listen. All right, Jeff, thank you so much for joining me today on the Hunting Creative Podcast. Happy to be here. This is fun. Yeah, it's exciting. So um, I want to open it up for you to just kind of tell us who you are, what you do. Tell us about your family, your hobbies. Sweet. Uh, So I'm East Pierce County native, so grew up kind of Lake Taps area, and I have not strayed far because we live in Bonnie Lake now, which is kind of the same same area, and um, I am a creative, so I do photo and video freelance work full-time, yeah. and that's about 10, 10 years in of doing that, and I've kind of done a little bit of, a little bit of everything. Uh, I'm a dad, two kids, and a husband, and uh, I also do a little bit of podcast stuff, so this is, this is fun because I've been an interviewer, yeah. but not an interviewee. Um, and I helped my wife produce a podcast and, and we're actually in a studio that I, I made for her. Um, but then realized it would be cool to open it up to other, other people. And, and so it's been fun to see, um, just a new creative platform be used. And I just, I love podcasts. Uh, a friend of ours, Brian, he says, "I, I don't know if, my kids even need to go to college now because like you have podcasts like right. there's so much <laughs> true. content and and it in a lot of ways it is is true because it's there's such good information that's available and, and so that's been been a fun new creative journey and an outlet and uh i like to write mm-hmm. so speaking isn't usually my my forte um and i i like to be behind the camera instead of in in front of the camera so mm-hmm. it, it's fun to like challenge myself and get outside of comfort zones and yeah. and so um i've been doing a lot of that in different creative mediums lately just to really challenge challenge myself and yeah. and grow and keep keep things sharp i think that's hard to do as a as a creative mm-hmm. and so um my my hobbies a lot of people would say my heart is with my my family and sometimes my head is in the mountains Mm -hmm. and so uh when i can i spend a lot of times a lot of my time hiking camping uh now my kids are old enough where i can drag them along and they don't complain nearly as much as they used to and uh so that's that's fun we we spend as much time as we can outside yeah Um, right now it's biking both of our kids are raging bikeaholics and um (laughs) My son loves golf, which is fun, yeah. and uh, my daughter's really into rock climbing. That's awesome. So, yeah, anything that gets us outdoors and active, and because uh, you know, a lot of uh, creative work is sitting at a computer yep. and editing mm-hmm. our brains out, and <laughs> I like it. Um, I'm probably most comfortable doing that, and so it's easy just day in and day out to just sit and edit, um, yeah. but I've learned that that does not 
uh, facilitate creativity. That's true. Kind of yeah. keep, keeps me in a, at least for me, it keeps me in a, in a bit of a rut, but it's my comfort zone. So it's this constant, like every day, you know, it's 80 degrees out. I'm like, oh, I need to edit. Do I really need to edit right now? <laughs> yeah. Or or can I grab my computer and go find like a park bench Yeah. Um, and edit there, uh, which I've started doing. And, and it's, it's fun to just see how different environments can change creativity. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it's, it's fun. There's never two days that are the same as a entrepreneur and a creative. That's true, yeah. It's always, I kind of know what I'm going to do each day, but everything changes by the minute. And yeah. um, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. It brings a lot of chaos, which <laughs> I think we'll talk about a little bit. Um, so it's it's a constant ebb and flow of balancing chaos and also having really strong um a really strong foundation yeah. and stability because i think if we spend too much of our time in chaos we just our lives will kind of wander mm-hmm. especially at least for me as in that creative realm i've spent a lot of time wandering yeah i'm like i like this i like to wander don't tell me what to do that's why <laughs> i work for myself yep but then realizing that's not that's not necessarily a strength yeah um it's been more of a crutch than anything. And so trying to get a lot more stability in the creative workflow and just mm-hmm. in my career and, and even with family. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. Nice. It's, it's a fun journey. It's been very hard. Yeah. Um, both personally and in business. I think, I mean, if you look at a lot of like the most creative, most well-known creative people in history there was a lot of uncertainty about personal yeah, life and behavior yeah. and uh, health and mm-hmm. and so it's yeah it's it's a challenge the one thing that always grounds me is faith mm-hmm. and i i can't i have a hard time imagining what this journey would be like without it yeah because i just I feel so lost most of the time as it is. Yeah. So to have that one anchor is is a good thing. To not even have that, I I would be I'd be a mess. Yeah, totally. And so and that that too is always changing. Yeah. As far as you know, my understanding of my faith and who Jesus is to me. Yeah. And, and to our family and you know he created this in, incredible world and universe for us to explore. Mm-hmm. Um, but are we exploring it, you know, for the right reasons, the wrong reasons and, and just finding myself getting pulled into things that just, um, don't go with those values. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of me in a, in a nutshell. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Um, so we'll talk more about kind of that journey in a little bit, but let's talk about your creative gifts because I want our listeners to know how talented you are. You're extremely talented and you are actually someone who's been really inspiring to Jordan and myself throughout our journey. I know that we kind of all started um, photography around the same time and, and in the photo industry in this area. And, um, you know, we kind of felt like we were on an island a little bit kind of by ourselves. And you just said, 
hey, you do photography too? Cool, come be my friend and I'm going to introduce you to all these other people who do photography. And you really helped create this um, community of photographers in the Seattle area, I think. Um, you know, a few years ago, it's been, it's been a little while, <laughs> but, um, but they still like, it's still a community and everyone still gets together at Christmas time. And, um, but I, I remember just how impactful that was. Like when I realized how impactful that community was, was when we moved away to California and I had friends there who were photographers there who knew about our community and who said, oh my gosh, I've wanted to go to your Christmas parties forever. I can't believe you were at the first one. Like it was iconic. And so I think that gift that you have of networking people and pulling people in is really awesome. And, um, you know, we do video, but we wouldn't do video if you hadn't, you know, sat down with us and really helped us along that journey. And so, yeah, you've just been a great inspiration to us through your talent and through your generosity, I think, with community and with um, sharing your skill and your work. So thank you for that. Yeah, that's it's funny to hear you talk about that because I, I, I kind of forget about mm-hmm. it sort of it has been a bit of time and yeah we've all become parents right. sort of in that season. And <laughs> yeah. so, you know, I, I, I haven't been to one of those Christmas parties in probably three years. Same, um, yeah. I, I am by far an introvert mm-hmm. by nature. Uh, but I, I've also been accused uh, of being a gatherer. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what's in me that causes that. Yeah because I'm not interested in getting people together so that I can talk to all of them. Right. I just, I love to see people from all walks of life come together Yeah. with a common bond. In this instance, it was mostly wedding photographers Yeah. and, and just seeing relationships happen. And, uh, it's, it's kind of a given when we go on family vacations, even still, my family never knows who's going to, who's going to show up Yeah, because I'll, I just invite people. I love it. And, uh, so yeah, the, the Christmas parties were, and still are a lot of fun. And it's, it, I think starting out as a creative, having that community was so important Yeah, because it really is, it's a lonely, like I said, we, you know, we spend most of our time by ourselves in a cave editing Mm -hmm. and, you know, we see people on Saturdays for weddings or (laughs) whatever other shoots we have. And so having that community to fall back on and, and to challenge each other and to be inspired. And, you know, I I saw somebody post yesterday, I think it was just about like interior decoration, but they were asking like, where's your inspiration coming from? Yeah. And my only thought was just other people. Yeah. I could look at Pinterest all day long or Instagram, but their physical relationships trump anything, anything yeah. else. Yeah. And I think what we're seeing now, especially with young, young people, mm-hmm. kids, is their understanding of community and, and thinking like, well, I have a lot of friends, you know, they're all on mm-hmm. my phone and I, I, yeah. I text with them all day long, but then it's a hard to have like a face to face. Yeah conversation you know with them or them with each other I believe that we're wired for that relationship absolutely to have FaceTime yeah real FaceTime 
and and so it, I mean I, my career would not be anywhere near where it is if it weren't for people like you guys and mm-hmm. everyone else that was in that community we all were kind of starting around the same time yeah so we all just learned together and yeah. it was it was kind of like school without a teacher yep <laughs> but like we we needed to survive cuz most of us were you know responsible adults and yeah. starting to have families and so we had to pay bills yeah we just happened to be gifted with cameras yeah and so that's what i'm really trying to teach my kids now is is engaging with people yeah. and and being able to look you know look people in the eye and share mm-hmm. really hard things and then ask them you know how they're doing yeah. And, and then challenge, you know, challenge each other. Like, what can we be growing in and getting better at? And I miss that community because I haven't, you know, since becoming a dad, it's it's hard to just... It is. We're not far from Seattle, but it feels like it's a long <sighs> ways like away. Forever, yeah. Especially with traffic and stuff. And so I miss that, like, constant community. And yeah. so I've, I've just had to create it in different, different areas. Yeah. And I just... I can't go long periods of time without having that because it re- it's it's kind of like it's life. Yeah. And on Tuesday mornings we have a group of guys that get together and we we look forward to it because we know that no matter what happens after 7 days we get to get back together and yeah. kind of have like a hard reset and yeah. kind of like a pat on the back and say okay like things are hard let's give it another 7 days and and see what happens and and so, yeah, I, I love love that community. I always mm-hmm. am encouraging people to spend more time growing their physical platform, yeah, rather than just online, because that that's where everything is now. Yeah, it's like if you have a business, you have to have X, Y, and Z. Right. And we've done a lot of business consulting stuff, and I will always say, if you don't have those physical relationships face to face, yeah. Um, it doesn't matter what you do online. That's true. Because yeah. everything will always fall back on word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Can they trust you? Are you personable? Are you a good person? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I love I love the creative community. It's yeah. fun. It's very diverse yes. and abstract. And you just, you get so many different personalities. And, and again, I don't, I really don't like the big group gatherings yeah I just it's just in me to like okay everyone get together and hang out yeah and see what happens and then I'm gonna kind of like watch <laughs> from, I'm gonna observe yeah, safely yeah. from the corner <laughs> maybe take take some pictures and yeah um, hide behind my camera that's what I do <laughs> yeah and that's I, I think that plays out in my creative style mm-hmm. I, I like a lot more of the editorial yeah behind the scenes let things play out and yeah. shoot it rather than I, I i feel like you get more realness real mm-hmm. life in that uh i do challenge myself to do more like studio type stuff mm-hmm. um because it sharpens me but i will always gravitate towards yeah what's real and authentic yeah. and um seeing stories play out and relationships play out and, yeah um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's fun to see those relationships start. I mean, there's, you know, some friends that were yours and then I became friends with them Yeah. and then they became friends with 
other people and now seeing them overseas together yeah. filming Kickstarter videos. It's great. It's like, you know, just looking back and say, I remember when you guys met and yeah. I remember when I met each of you and, and, you know, the stories are just so intertwined. Um, it's just fun. It's, it's such a cool, cool community. It is. And I think even outside of creative work, just having that type of community is so it's needed. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, talk to me about when you discovered your creative gifts. I always find this question really intriguing because, um, I feel like everyone discovers them at a different point in their journey and maybe they had kind of used them all along, but didn't really like point at it and say, I'm creative and this is how I express myself. So tell me what that was like for you and that journey. I, growing up, never would have described myself as being a creative person. Mm -hmm. I think part of it is education in general is a little bit of a box. Yeah. That's speaking kindly. (laughs) Um, And it, it did not cater to my gifts well at all. Yeah. And so I just, I was never aware of what I could do. Yeah. What was inside of me, what what I feel that, you know, God had created me uniquely to do. Yeah. And so I didn't really pick up a camera seriously as a hobby until I was out of college. Mm-hmm. So well over the first two thirds of my life, yeah. I was not around or doing what I now am most comfortable and confident in. Yeah. But I always knew there was something more. Yeah. Uh, I went to college, which regardless of my comment earlier about podcasts, I think college is great. Yeah. Um, I had a challenge with school. And so at the time, it, it just didn't work well for me. Yeah. But I felt like, okay, I need to go to college and then I need to grow up and get a career and work nine to five. And that's that's it. And, but I always knew deep down, like, that's not it. That's what we've created, Mm -hmm. but that's not what we were created for. Yeah. And it's hard to, it's really hard to buck those trends. Yeah. Um, what the culture expects of you and what peers and counselors and, and parents, what, what they expect won't always align with what's being spoken you know, to us yeah. in our spirit. And, and so I did what I thought I was supposed to do and tried literally every career path possible. Yeah. And I just never went to bed feeling content mm-hmm. or in the right place. Kind of, yeah, feeling, sort of feeling like a caged, caged animal. Yeah. Do you think, sorry to interrupt, but do you think um, being a male and being Christian had anything to do with that? Yeah. Yes. I think, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I could, yeah. I could talk a lot about that. And there's a reason why I spend a lot of my time now speaking with other guys that Mm -hmm. are either my age or a little bit younger saying, you don't have to do what culture is saying. Yeah. It's the easiest thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
But if you know that you're supposed to be doing something else and you're not doing it, at the end of the day, really we're, we're being disobedient. Yeah. And again, when you start doing, I heard this in a, a podcast once and it, it really kind of changed, changed my life in a lot of ways. When you start doing what you know you're supposed to do, people are going to think you're nuts. Yeah. Because it's often not going to look like the box. That's true. It's going to look well outside of it. And like you can't do that. Or are you sure, you, you know, just constant questions and, and chatter and Russell Wilson, all of his Bose headphone commercials. It's <laughs> yeah. like quiet the noise. Like he puts yeah. the headphones on and like silences out the doubters. Yeah. And I think it's good to have some of those negative voices yeah. around because they, cause they can drive us. But it's more important to pay attention to the, the good voices, mm-hmm. the one that's inside of us, and also just being surrounded by, again, like that solid community of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think between the, the standard American church mm-hmm. and education and just the culture of fathers up mm-hmm. until now, all of those things play a significant role in, in that. And I think in the Christian community, we're trending in a really good direction mm-hmm. where fatherhood is like the responsibility of it is being taken serious. Yeah. Not that it wasn't before, but just the gravity of, of being a father that yeah. leads their kids uh, intentionally. Yeah. And I'm learning this every single day, even today, as I get a text from my wife, like, we have to be very, very intentional. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying that the fathers before us weren't, but we we often will fit the mold of culture. Yeah. And I often talk about, I'm, I'm a history major. I never used history, but I think about it often. When the Industrial Revolution happened, fathers went off to work nine to five there were longer hours than that but they basically went off nine to five left their kids at home then they would come home eat sleep drink go to bed Mm -hmm. and do the the same thing the next day and the intentionality of raising sons and daughters kind of went out the window at least for 40 hours a week Mm -hmm. and so one of the things that i try to do now which i'm thankful i can because of my career and my kid's age and now we're homeschooling I, I try to take my son to work almost every day mm. sometimes they're long days and they're in the car and they're in and out he's three yeah but he knows how to shoot a house yeah I shoot a lot of real estate right now and so he he can confidently walk into a house I give him my phone open the camera yeah. and he just walks in he's like dad I just got a really good picture <laughs> I love that I want to show you and and I know that not everyone can do that yeah but the moments that we are with our kids, we have to be intentional. Yes. And and so I think the challenge is there as a man because I'm constantly hearing the, the doubters. Like, you really shouldn't be doing that. You really can't do that. Mm-hmm. And And the only one that says we can and can't really is ourselves. Like, we're choosing yeah. what we can and can't do. Mm-hmm. And we we make those choices based on our values. Um, but yeah, it's, it's challenging. And, yeah. and most often I'm having to just keep going 
Yeah. From like fi- finding Dory. Like, yeah. just keep going. Just keep no matter what people are saying, like, if you have your your values, you know you where where you want to go. What kind of dad? What kind of husband or creative or or whatever you want to be? Yeah. Stick to that. Mm-hmm. Don't let other people sway you mm-hmm. off your course if you know you know for certain what yeah. that is. It's hard to get there though. It's taken a lot of years to figure out what that is. Yeah. Because before it was just kind of a lot of I was swimming. Yeah. But different directions. Right. Every day. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it is it is hard. But it's like it's a really good it's a really good fight yes to be a part of absolutely it's totally worth it so um let's jump deep into um mental health emotional health um kind of your journey you're really open about this and i think that's really incredible because i think it's it's something that needs to be talked about um it needs to be talked about in the church i think it's missing a lot in the church i think um creatives kind of um will maybe kind of draw from it in their art but i think in a lot of ways we kind of you know stuff it we either embrace it as our muse or inspiration or we um or we stuff it and ignore it um but then our lives fall apart and we don't know why and maybe our creativity is doing fine but but our our personal lives are falling apart and I think that sometimes um especially as artists we can just kind of focus on our art and what we're creating and kind of not even recognize that everything else is falling apart around us and so um I just think this is such an important conversation for everyone to have obviously but um specifically for creatives um take us through that journey and kind of your life you can start wherever you want you can kind of just go for it have free reign yeah well it's 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 a journey and Mm -hmm. I think it it always always will be a journey up until uh really maybe two years ago I didn't talk about it because of the stigma Mm -hmm. in church and just in our culture in general whatever the whatever mental health challenge you have it's just it feels weird Mm -hmm. that's kind of the message and and if people haven't struggled with it to no fault of their own they just don't understand right and when we don't understand something we like to put it in a box mm-hmm. and label it, stick it on the shelf. Yeah. And then when it's convenient, take the box down and like look inside. And that's really for most of human history, how we've dealt with yeah. mental health. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, m- the majority of us have experienced some pretty significant life stuff. Yeah, And it will affect us in all different ways some people will end up with some some really strong mental health challenges mm-hmm. some won't uh why i don't know yeah there's a lot of research behind it but nobody can really say like two people got in the same car crash and there was the same outcome why is one person now depressed and the other person went on to start a 
nonprofit foundation for car crash victims and has now changed like yeah. the lives of millions. Right. What What's the difference? And um, I think all of us are just so unique, mm-hmm. created so uniquely, and it's all part of our unique story. Mm-hmm. We all have a story. Yeah. And, and we all have a story to tell. Uh, for me, trauma started the moment I was born. Mm-hmm. I had a pretty significant trauma at birth. Uh, basically was born not breathing, mm-hmm. had to be resuscitated a few times, eventually came to, uh, and then life went on. And mm-hmm. like I survived physically. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, he made it like, cool but not tending to a significant trauma like that mm-hmm. is is par for the course we just survive through things yeah and and move on and i have somebody that i'm always pulling up old photos from archives and especially with family stuff because i've digitized a lot of a lot of things and if somebody yeah. tells a story i'm like oh i got a photo for that and i'll right. pull up dropbox and and they're like how would you f- find that photo and i i just i love that kind of stuff yeah and i have one acquaintance that's always like stop stop living in the past because i've you know i'm pulling up old photos and while i I agree like let's not live in the past we have to go back to moments where we were broken yeah and and say hey uh jesus i i know i'm i was broken here and i have not given that experience to you or i have Mm -hmm. not invited you into that experience to to heal me yeah and i think if we continue to avoid doing that and just chugging along especially now like we live in a it's a rat race Mm -hmm. sun up to sundown it's just go 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 so we're missing a lot of again that intentionality even with ourselves Mm -hmm. like there's things that i'm doing that i don't like that aren't healthy is there something there yeah that i need to tend to um and so yeah trauma started early i was abused uh for the first time when i was five uh, not by immediate family um and then i was abused again when i was 11 and 12 and again uh because of the stigmas Mm -hmm. i didn't talk to anybody about it until i was in my 30s and that is basically almost too late. It's yeah. never too late. Right. That's that's a very very important um, message that I had to learn. Yeah. It's never too late. Uh, but if we can help it, we don't need to wait that long. Yeah. And and I think having hard conversations and you know even starting just with my own kids. Yeah. When when you have thoughts or feelings or you're scared about something. I want to be somebody that you can come to yeah. and know that you're not going to be judged. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to listen and understand. And I didn't, I didn't have that confidence when I was young. And so again, I just survived, mm-hmm. moved on, but it's kind of another notch in the belt. Yeah. And really over all 36 years have experienced significant physical and emotional abuse trauma after trauma after trauma and those things create who you are in the present 
And if I'm not dealing with any of them, I'm not very healthy. Yeah. And I wasn't. Um, the first time I was told I had depression, I think I was 22. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, yep, you have depression. Here's some medication. And really, like, you're in a box now. That's wow. kind of how it felt. Yeah. And at the time, it was like a small box because I didn't think anybody else dealed with that stuff yeah. except for maybe somebody in a movie. So I didn't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't. I didn't go to counseling. I wouldn't share it with friends, pastors. Um, nothing is a mirror to who you are like marriage yeah. <laughs> and parenting. Mm-hmm. And I think I was married when I was 27, became a parent when I was 30. And a lot of the trauma and some emotional abuse continued. But now I had a, a mirror every day. Yeah. Reflecting my behavior because the health of my marriage really is on me as mm-hmm. as the leader in our marriage. Like, if this marriage isn't healthy, it, what am I? What am I missing? Yeah. And if my kids are starting to show some poor behavior, sure, like we all have the choice, right? Right. But the overall culture of marriage and family reflected where I was and I was not healthy and it all kind of came crashing down seven or eight months ago Mm -hmm. I basically had a choice like save my marriage and do some really hard things or lose it yeah and I, I had not intentionally gotten my self to that place mm-hmm. but I wasn't being intentional in keeping myself away from yeah that place and I went through a lot of that with family and so I kind of knew like what not to do but I didn't know what to do so when mm-hmm. we're focused on what we shouldn't do if that's all we're focusing on we end up there anyways yeah because that's that's the only thing we're looking at yeah and I'm thankful now in in our culture that we're exposing a lot of this stuff and people are being held responsible for poor behavior and abuse, Mm -hmm. especially people in power or people that are famous. Because up until the last couple of years, especially us men, we we could get away with anything. Yeah. And it's it's not okay. Right. I was abused by men. Mm -hmm. And and so seeing light being shown in that is encouraging Mm -hmm. but it's still really really hard to be vulnerable enough to actually change your life because i think we have that power Mm -hmm. ultimately christ is the one that can can redeem us but we have to make that choice right to be a first and foremost vulnerable with him Mm -hmm. he uses people to help shape us and change us. And so there's people in our lives that we can be vulnerable with. And I ha- had to make a really hard choice to go away for a month. It was actually an indefinite amount of time mm-hmm. when I made the choice to a, a depression center here in Washington and tell clients and family and friends, like, I'm, I'm leaving yeah. and I don't know when I'm coming back. 
but I've tried everything. This is after a couple of years of finally like, okay, I know I have some issues and things I needed right. to, to work through. And I just was not, I literally was not getting anywhere. Everything mm -hmm. was getting far, far worse. And I, I don't believe that my time at the center changed my life as much as just getting to a, a place of such brokenness and having such a contrite mm -hmm. heart and humbly like and embarrassingly raising my hand and saying I'm so broken that I now need to leave my family and my work and everything yeah. for who knows how long to get quote unquote fixed mm. before I even stepped foot in those doors I felt like this just black veil was lifted wow it was gone yeah and I also went there willingly. Yeah. There was, you know, I, it's a very intimate, close environment. There's only 25 of, of us client. They call us clients. We're not mm -hmm. really patients because it's not like an inpatient. Yeah. Um, and you can, you can tell pretty quickly who's there that wants to be there. Right. And who's there that doesn't want to be there. Yeah. And I didn't want to, to be there, but I chose to go because I knew that a lot was at stake. Yeah. I really was facing losing everything. And the hardest part about all of that is it wasn't really my fault at all. Yeah. All the things that had happened, mm -hmm. the abuse and the trauma, I didn't I didn't choose those. Right. They they happened. Mhm. Mm um but we were responsible for how we res respond. Yeah. We have to take responsibility for all of it mm -hmm. and that's that's a really hard really hard thing to do and it took me a lot of years to get to that place but once I finally got there that was where I was broken enough where my voice and my pride was silenced and yeah. and God started speaking on my behalf yeah through the Holy Spirit and if I kept holding on to that pride and trying to do things my way or how I wanted to do it, which basically was do nothing, just keep hiding in right. the dark and hoping like somehow things would get better, it wasn't, it just yeah. wasn't going to happen. And it hasn't been perfect or easy. Mm -hmm. I was there for a month over Thanksgiving. The moment it all kind of hit was it was Thanksgiving evening. I was laying on the couch in my apartment up there and I could see across the street through the windows to another apartment. Mm -hmm. And there was this big family Thanksgiving dinner. Everybody mm -hmm. was sitting there. And I kind of felt like Kevin in Home Alone yeah. where he's peeking through the, the window and watching watching him have Christmas yep. <laughs> dinner. And he gets really sad and he misses his family. And it's it's silly but it was at that moment where i was like i'm i'm missing the most important moments of life but i'm doing a really good thing yeah being there because if you didn't you would probably miss them anyways yeah 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 i mean i at the time i didn't really know this but i mean it, it was bad enough where my wife was ready to ask me to move out mm. and and she had she had basically earned that yeah. like to be there because yeah. of my own abuse 
because I'd basically become very emotionally abusive in my silence and just being mm. cold and withdrawn. That's abuse. Yeah. And I was abusing because I was abused. Mm. And that's all I knew, all I knew what to do. Um, she ended up not having to ask me to move out because I sort of did for a month. Yeah. And, you know, the, the last thing that they tell you on your way out is you're going to go home and people are going to think like you're fixed right and like everything's going to be better because you know we're the we're the squeaky wheel yeah and so we kind of get the blame for a lot of stuff that's not the case yeah like life is the same Mm -hmm. it's still up to us every day one day at a time to take responsibility for where we're at yeah and the biggest shift is just our identity I was no longer that 22-year-old who was told by a family doctor, like, oh, you have depression, just take meds. Mm-hmm. Well, I took I took meds for 15 years, and it, it nearly killed me because yeah. they just they weren't working. That's because I didn't fit the box that I was put in. Right. And none of us belong in a box. Mm-hmm. We belong in community. Yeah. And, I mean, you look at, you look at Jesus, like where he spent his time, it was with his close community of disciples. Right. And then it was with the really, again, quote unquote, messed up, mm-hmm. messed up people. But they were the ones that needed, needed hope the most. Yep. And we're still really missing it. Mm-hmm. I still feel boxed in. And I'm okay with that because I know what my identity is now. Yeah. I can kind of laugh about it, but it makes me sad when I see it happening to other people. Yep. And before all of this happened, I knew I had to just do something to start changing the trend of of my identity. Mm-hmm. And so I started writing. I, I did not, had no formal writing training. I didn't even identify myself as a writer, um, but I just started writing really really hard truthful vulnerable stories yeah hey if you like the podcast and were encouraged by today's episode we would love to have you subscribe share and comment and i'd also love to have you follow along on instagram at the hunting creative and while you're at it be sure to follow jeff at jeff marsh and at secret life of dad and be sure to tune in again next week to hear the rest of our conversation